Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Delvers? This is Steven from Ontology, your host. And uh, now we are, we are on the road today, actually not in the usual uh, not in the usual studio. We're here at my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and I'm recording with a special guest, <laughs> my sister, my younger sister, Sarah, and we're going to be reviewing Cytonics. So, Sarah, I think the, the fans need to know who you are and why they should, why they should listen to your opinion about this book. Um, like what? So you bring a good, you bring a good perspective, right? You're on the right. younger side than the upper twenties um, of the usual Phantology host and uh-huh. Cytonics a YA book. So a little bit more on your right. wheelhouse, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> more um, the target audience. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. And with a with a female protagonist, I think maybe you yeah. can see yourself in Spencer a little bit. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, she is about my same age. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Late so teens. so I guess I am interviewing Spencer herself for this episode. Sure. Yeah, think about <laughs> it that way. Okay, so Cytonic, the third book of the Skyward series. If you haven't read, if you haven't read the first two, check those out. There's also a couple of uh, novellas that have been released that take place between Starsight and Cytonic books two and three. And we neither of us, yeah, neither one of us has actually read that. So um maybe we missed on those but a disadvantage. yeah but, but i've heard that they're not super important for the plot of cytonic i think it's mostly kind of on the side kind of like if you've read the stormlight archive kind of like some of those novellas so sanderson likes to do this and it's i think it's nice like maybe we should have read those because like one of the complaints we had for the book and we're doing full spoilers for the book by the way so that's starting now but <laughs> one of the complaints we had for the book was we didn't get enough of like our old friends from the crew, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the original uh, DDF flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like a, the a lot of what I enjoy in series is that you get to see the character development. Mm-hmm. So not being able, I mean, she had a couple moments with Jorgen, but not really sure what was going on in Detritus at all. Yeah, just the ghost flirting with Jorgen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we, we missed a lot of our favorite day. And, and we missed those characters in book two as well, to some extent, although they were yeah. there a little bit more. And now they're, I mean, some of these guys are not on screen at all and just get like their name dropped every now and then. So I, I did think the book suffered from that. I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see two as Ascension does this. One is the way he's currently doing it, where he's got like, now he has basically like, Spencer has three different teams of groups. Mm-hmm. And my theories in book four, all of these people are going to come together for the big thing and they'll all work together mm-hmm. and be friends or something, you know, so something nice will happen. But we've struggled a little bit in each book to now like connect yeah. some of our side characters and we're building up every book, we have to build up new characters. And so it's kind of tough to build up these side characters every time. And it's confusing on who's your favorite. I mean. She honestly has to, the only reason you 
remember her old friends is because she's trying to remember them. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of hard to even remember those characters. Right. And and Skyward came out, or no, Starside came out a couple of years ago at least now. So I did have I, I was struggling a bit mm-hmm. to remember. Like I remember the names, but I can't tell you anything like yeah. super specific about Kimmelin or FM or Rig. Like I even just when Hesho came back, sure, it was kind of hard to remember. I mean, I remembered him just because he was he was the fox gerbil that was really boisterous and verbose. Like he was kind of a fun <laughs> guy, but he's almost a lot of the characters are also kind of similar. Like Mbot and Chet and Hesho all kind of have the same characteristic yeah. of just like talking a lot and being like <laughs> way extra <laughs> yeah and just doing just all working for Spencer uh-huh. just like her little servants yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no kidding so maybe we're a little critical of the characters and and maybe we should start with like a little bit of a review of like what we liked about the book what we didn't like about the book sounds like mm-hmm. the main characters were like we had Spencer and Mbot at least yeah and we like these guys so that was good but we missed we missed our familiar friends yeah and a lot of the new characters there was a lot of can we trust them for a while uh-huh. especially chet and peg yeah I think. yeah and, and that was purposeful it was that was kind of one of right. the themes of the book and i think that's one thing we'll talk about a little bit later is like the themes that sanderson's throwing in which I think are pretty nice. And one of them was like Spencer trying to trust people and she's been betrayed in the past. And so how does she deal with this now? Mm-hmm. And who does she choose to trust? And that's, I thought, I thought that was done pretty well. Yeah, but it does make her feel more alone. Mm-hmm. One, not being with her old friends and mm-hmm. this. Yeah, the only one she can really trust is Mbot. Mm-hmm. And Mbot is, you know, just barely <laughs> coming into like right. his his own personality, his own, um, you know, being mm-hmm. a, a sentient being. Yeah. Okay. So backtrack. Did we like the book, book three of the series? How does it compare to the first two? Like what's the trajectory of the series after reading three? I still liked it. I feel like we just gave a lot of criticism, but I still liked it. I, I still found it exciting. Um, I, maybe that's just because I am the target audience. Yeah, yeah. But well, I mean, that's that's good, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. If the target audience likes it. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it is. You're missing on some things, but it still is the story of the main character, Spencer. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, wherever she goes, that's where the story goes. So okay. I liked it, and I felt like she. I, I think this book was probably setting up for book four. Was it yeah. goal? Yeah, it did seem like. It, it, it did seem like a side adventure, a side quest. Yeah. From, like, we got the big main thing happening. I'm like, okay, pause from the main thing. Let's just load you up with information. Yeah. yeah. On this, and, and it was, in, you know, another unique setting. Sanderson likes to do this. You, you haven't read other, his, his no. other books, but he's, this is something he's very well known for. If I was to say, like, two things Sanderson's known for, one would be world building, so coming up with really unique settings, mm. and you see this, you know, with the yeah. with the nowhere. He's got all these different, like, uh, what land masses flying around, and they're all yeah. different, unique settings. There's different vegetation and creatures everywhere. It's kind of fun. Fragments. Yeah, you know, fragments. Uh huh. Mm. 
And, and he does this in his other series like Mistborn and Starbuck kind of this unique thing. So world building is one. And the other thing that people really like him for is his ability to do fun twists, to, to kind of like make the yeah. surprising, inevitable thing happen. Which and we saw. He does. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that really made the end pay off for me because yeah. through the first half, I was like, this book's kind of boring. I'll be honest. Same. Like, not much was happening. <laughs> The entire first half. And I think that is, I don't think that's a good thing about the book. I think mm -hmm. that is for sure. Because it would lose readers. Yeah. And like, I see why he's doing it because he's trying to do the setup and the setup does pay off like mm -hmm. with Chet, with the reality icon, with the world and everything. Yeah. But it was also a little tough because like nothing was happening. She was just wandering <laughs> around uh -huh. and trying to figure it out and nothing was happening. Just these friendly little conversations with Chet was all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Spencer is like so over the top sometimes and Chet is so over the top <laughs> that I was reading this thinking like, man, these characters are all like pretty crazy. And <laughs> I was having a hard time relating to the to the whole first half of the book. The second half though, I thought was, was really good yeah. and really made the first half worth mm -hmm. it. And overall, so overall, like all things considered, I did like the book. I thought, I think it was better than Starsight. Starsight was honestly not my favorite. But I think this one, so Skyward's still the best, Starside maybe a little bit down, and Satonic yeah. kind of in between there. So also I say Satonic's like a seven out of 10 overall for me, which you haven't been on other podcasts. So seven out of 10 is like a decent rating. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you want me to rate it? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, okay, once again, Skyward and Starsight have been a while for me. But mm -hmm. I remember liking Starsight a lot. Um so I would probably say probably Skyward first, Starsight, then Cytonic. But um so down, downward. Yeah. yeah. I would put Starsight okay. over Cytonic. Okay. But I mean I feel like the first book kind of has to be the first best. book is all well, I mean it doesn't have to, but it is the nostalgia of the first book. Yeah. Really kinda, it's like it's like oh when the character was and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh as for rating. If you say seven out of ten is decent, I probably agree with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna say if you've read the first and you like them, then you probably like the third as well. Yeah. And honestly, mm -hmm. if you're still listening at this point, that means you probably already read the book, or you have <laughs> massive spoilers to happen for you already. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's I, I mean, we obviously don't have the fourth book, but I think it just feels like a huge setup book for that. So if you like mm -hmm. the series so far, then you're going to want to read this book. Yeah, a lot of series do that. The first book's really strong. And then the middle part of the series is like setting up to get to the end. And the end is yeah. probably pretty cool. I'm guessing Sanderson has really thought out how he wants the end to be. Because he's been good in the past at making endings yeah. really good. So I'm going to guess that the fourth book is going to be probably better than two end. Okay, yeah, yeah. probably. And I think he is, I think his plans are, if I remember correctly, to continue like he's not going to take another break on that one he took a break to write one of the strong america books yeah. so that's why it took so long for book three to come out i think book four is like he wants to have it for next year oh mm. nice and i listened to his so he does release parties for his books which are mm -hmm. huge things now because he's way too popular <laughs> and everyone in utah loves him yeah. so he did this uh he did a release party down at this big convention center a little bit south of where we live and there were probably like thousands of people there to us, maybe like 2000 or so. I'm, I'm just going to guess I didn't go, but he talked about the process of writing this book 
And he said it was one of the tougher books to write and it required a lot of revisions. And he was like pretty honest about the, uh, the whole pandemic, like getting to him and having a hard time writing. So I'm hoping that, you know, with things opening up a little bit, like he can get back on track and, um, yeah. and, and, and get through book four. Cause I, I, while I do enjoy his other books more, I want to see how this ends because the last half of Saitanga got me excited for the rest. Yeah. And does he have other YA books? He has one other series called The Reckoners, which is like superheroes that, well, the superheroes have gone bad, like the superpowers corrupt oh. you. Mm -hmm. And then there's this group of regularly powered people that are like fighting against the evil superheroes. So that's it. And that trilogy is all done. That came out a few years ago. I remember liking that one. Okay. I think I like Skyward more than those. Okay. Those ones almost seem like a little bit younger than Skyward, but they're, I'd say they're like pretty similar YA audiences. So you could, if you are not a Regency romance, yeah. you can, you can check those you out. You expose me like that. <laughs> There's a romance in that one as well. Another YA romance, actually. I actually yeah. like that one. I think I like that one better than the Spencer Jorgen romance. Yeah, the Spencer Jorgen romance is a little awkward. You're not a, you're not a, what's their, uh, what's their couple name? Jorgsa? Jorgsa. You're not a Jorgsa? Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's weird that they like, she just kind of appears to him sometimes. I don't know. It's just uh -huh. kind of weird. And he's just like, oh, hey, like, I don't know. It's kind of awkward. Too cheesy. Hopefully it'll, it'll be better when they're back together. Well, I mean, they are back together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they got a big kiss in at the end. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> we, got, we got that at least. Yeah. <laughs> to break up the random visiting, ghost visiting. <laughs> okay, so what other, let's, uh, what other characters do we need to talk about? Um, how about, how about Mbot? Sounds like he's a favorite. Yeah, so with Mbot... Um, I'm trying to remember. He wasn't as emotionally advanced in Star Sight. It's just because he's in the nowhere. Yeah. So that was the thing. Like he is the the power of the nowhere is yeah, like infusing him, him with yeah. So um, and right now Spencer left him in the nowhere. Yeah, and he doesn't have a housing for his AI anymore. He's yeah. like he's like a junior Delver right now is, right. I guess what I would say. so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because yeah and if he does if Spencer can save him what will he be different when he goes back to somewhere yeah so yeah I thought it was I so I think he's going to be crucial his presence with the Delvers yeah. is going to be crucial to the ultimate solution right as well as that. her now like fusing with the Chet Delver. Right, because Mbot uh, trusts Spencer, so if he can work with the Delvers, mm -hmm. what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, think that. he's the sleeper cell agent in with the Delvers. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're yeah. going to activate. Plus, he's just in there for we don't know how long. Yeah. I thought it was a little, like, maybe he should have left, Sanderson should have left Mbot to be, like, quote-unquote dead for this book and then brought him back in the next <laughs> book, so it's more of a surprise. But he also just did that with Hesho, so maybe he didn't want to do another yeah. like resurrection because he's actually done this a lot. It's one of the things that people are a little critical of him because in his other books he likes to kill people <laughs> but then bring them back after they uh -huh. like should be dead for all intents and purposes. So once again, he does this with Hesho. I think he gets really attached to his characters. So he just has a hard time letting go. 
Well, there's a hint of that with Spence's father, even. Yeah, 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 right? Like, I, I thought he was going to come back yeah. somehow. I thought, I don't know, but I, I thought So do you that... think he comes back in before? No. No, no. No, because, I mean, when she goes, when she finds out that Doomslug is the uh-huh. icon, or, the, yeah, that's what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of feel like that was the, like, oh, okay, so it's not my father, like, she kind of goes through that. She's like, I don't really remember him. Like, that wouldn't have been a comforting thing. But Doomslug. Sure. She knows. Okay. So. Yeah. He could yeah, be. Yeah. But, I mean, he. How. Wasn't he shot down? But he, like, disappeared. Oh. I think. Did they get his body? I don't. They, they must. See, this is where it's been. We'll have to read back on the, that. Yeah. Because if he disappeared, but, then he probably will come back. Yeah, he must have been gone because otherwise she would have been like, oh, yeah, you know, they buried him or whatever. Like, clearly his body is uh-huh. gone. But for him, okay. to, for her to think that that he could appear, he must, there must be a huh. chance that he died off screen. Or, huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then maybe. I mean, I always say that if someone dies off screen in a book or a TV show, <laughs> they're not dead. They're coming back. <laughs> so. <laughs> I would think that he comes back, especially because it's Anderson and it would be like a nice emotional thing. But on the other hand, like maybe she doesn't need her father anymore. And she's kind of like learned to find her own way. And she talks about how she's mourned his loss over the years. And like, that was like part of her fusing with the Chet Delver thing. So I don't think she needs him to come back. I mean, Chet is like a father figure in the book, but not her father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay, so we're we're split. We don't know. Either way, I yeah. I was thinking he was going to come back this book, but uh, but I liked the I liked that subversion because I like Doomslug being there instead. Yeah. It seemed a little more realistic. Doomslug was a good surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> nice to have Doomslug, and I should have figured we were going to get Doomslug because Doomslug is like the mascot of the series. Uh-huh. So we <laughs> can't go without Doomslug. The only way it all works. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, we don't need. FM or Kimmelin or you know the <laughs> yeah. or Moramir or you put all these aliens. Doomslug is the one. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think of the new crew, the new pirate crew? Since aliens, yeah. um, Peg and a bunch of other guys oh, that I don't remember their the, names. The human was like uh, yeah more shit. yeah <laughs> they had names yeah um I mean the crystal. People. Yeah, there was a lot of different species. <laughs> right. But it was almost like, do we need to know all the details of their species? Yeah. It was kind of funny. The <laughs> illustrations were helpful for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> there were, are a lot of aliens. So it was nice <laughs> to at least see a picture of them. Uh-huh. I have trouble connecting with aliens because they are alien. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, okay, there's these crystal things. Okay, like I just have a hard time making any kind of character connection. <laughs> so maybe I prefer more humans. Uh, yeah. yeah. The only thing is when you get to compare like what they their stereotypical human is, and then they're like, you're this sort of human, or we didn't expect this from a human. That's interesting because you learn more about Spencer through them. Mm-hmm. And it was also. I mean, the biggest character for sure of the aliens is Peg. Sure. Who we didn't know if we could she, she trust that Seems sus for a while. Yeah, but I think she's she's okay mm-hmm. now. And we have the fruit. Spencer did recover the fruit. 
from Peg's tree. Yeah. <laughs> which is going to be important, is, apparently. Yeah. Like, of the things that she was able to take out with her, she got the fruit. It mentioned that. It was like, Hesha has been holding the fruit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guess we need that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure we'll see them again, but yeah. I did think the character, a lot of those alien characters were a little interchangeable, and I didn't necessarily, mm-hmm. I, like, I have no attachment to them. If they right. don't come back, I'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever. I think, I mean, it was through them, though, that they recovered Hesho. If not for Peg being, mm-hmm. oh, this duel, yeah. then she would have never met Hesho yeah. again. So why do we care about Hesho so much? He's just a fan favorite? Uh, just because he's cute? <laughs> Maybe just because he he knows Spencer from the somewhere. No one else in the nowhere does. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that she was able to recover him, you know, get his memories yeah, back. Yeah. But, I thought. I mean, I just thought he was a memorable character, and it was sad when he yeah. died in the second book. But of course, he's back. Of course, of course, he's back. Yeah, <laughs> he's funny though. Just maybe just comical relief. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, do we need more comic relief? We have <laughs> Mbot and Chad and Spencer. Is so, like every character That's provides true. comic relief. And <laughs> I thought some of the humor was funny. I thought the funniest parts were. When Emba was like trying to identify his emotions yeah. along with Chet, that was funny in the midst of the battle funny. and it lightened the mood. Mm-hmm. And then there was one part where Spencer was like lifting, listing off her inventory of like crew members yeah. and she was describing them in funny ways. And they made it seem like this just total ragtag group of misfits. <laughs> and and they yeah. were. So there were some funny parts, there were also some, some cheesy parts, but but it's also YA. Yeah, for sure. So, YA humor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I did. I, I struggled with some, but for the most part, I thought it was good. And, and there's there's some humor in some of his other books that I really don't like. I think it's just like way too cheesy and silly. <laughs> and so this fits YA more. So yeah. I guess I would prefer that Sanderson keeps his humor side to the YA because it fits more there he tends to his sense of humor tends to be more on the YA side of things yeah so are you do you think that I because I like really like Amba as a character mm-hmm. do you think that you might not like him as much because he I mean that's he's a um, lot of the joking no I actually so I like the types of characters that are like anytime there's a large cultural divide like you have between a robot that's learning um, feelings and a human. I think that's funny as like they try to understand culture and make like okay, yeah. natural mistakes. I think those things are funny. Like similar types of humor happen between like if you have some like nomad culture that comes in and they don't understand how the civilized people, quote unquote civilized people, um, <laughs> work. Then there's some like natural, like the, the barbarian comes into the city and he's learning, you know, what all these people yeah, are doing. So that type of humor, I, th- I think is good. So I actually do really like Mbot. The humor that I didn't like as much was Spencer's humor, because I think Spencer can get a little over the top, like her whole, like, I'm going to, you know, drink the blood of my enemies through their skulls. I'm just like, what? Like, this is not. I kind of thought this it was funny. <laughs> but it's like so unrealistic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't know. Just the, maybe it's just the stereotypical, like dramatic teenage girl. Yeah, it, yeah. She for is, sure. She's dramatic. supposed to be like 19, right? Yeah, 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. She's very dramatic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing I did like about Spencer was her like 
the themes in the latter half of the book where she was like exploring what it is to be human and trying to figure out yeah. like you know all these people think that I'm so aggressive and I have this like capacity to do all this bad stuff like how do I navigate this and she's learning how to grow up and I thought some of that mm-hmm. stuff was like pretty good yeah I mean that's where you get the character development mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah it might have been like a little heavy-handed because it really he really hammered these themes home yeah. and I think he does this better in his other books to be honest because they're more they're like more adult themes not that they're like ma- like level of content maturity but just they're like more adult ideas mm-hmm. and I think having characters that are a little more mature as well exploring these things works a little bit better because like you've got this girl who is drinking the blood of her enemies out <laughs> of their skulls and then all of a sudden she's like thinking about you know how do I handle pain and how do I learn how to cope with these things and like yes that is real like we as people we have like moments of levity and moments of uh, more maturity but at the same time it's like mm-hmm. I don't know there's a lot of juxtaposition there between the silliness <laughs> and the and the heavy themes and I don't know it might have been like a little yeah but yeah, it sounds like you like it. So like if you're the target it. audience and you're liking it, then that's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the YA books I've read are a lot of that, like, huge character development, which might not mm-hmm. always be realistic, but maybe it's that's a method of trying to relate to its audience. Sure. Yeah, you know, like, because it, I just this audience is pattern. thinking about growing up and, like, trying to do yeah, like these things. I guess, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, like, you're trying to you're trying to figure these things out as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah okay. So maybe you learned something well, from Cytonic. Uh, well, no, but just the development. I mean, I don't have to go through the same things she does. Sure, hopefully not. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the yeah. development. The other thing I thought was good was when, I think, is it Mbot who's trying to figure out, or no, no, the whole thing with the Delvers and Chet, and they're like dealing with yeah. pain. And they're like, okay, this is painful. So we're going to shut it away and like not deal with this thing. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the reason why it all went That's south. That's the whole reason for the Delvers. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, Spencer is dealing with her pain. And this is yeah. like, this is something like this exact idea happens in the Stormlight Archive and it's really, really good. And, <laughs> but I, like I was, it was okay here, but like Samson um, takes the same exact idea mm-hmm. and it's a really good idea. So I, I like it. Um, and the whole thing with the Delvers, like the lore of the Delvers was interesting to get into, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Delvers kind of seem like this abstract idea in the sequ- in the series until mm-hmm. now. And then you kind of understood them better, especially when you found out that uh, Chet is a Delver. Yeah. And then he, again, when he turns like back into a Delver at the very end, but you can tell that he's different. So was that the thing, because you texted me a couple of times during the book and you said like there was a huge twist. Is that what you were referring to when, when um, Chet was outed as a Delver? I think Chet and Doomslug, yeah. Okay. I think those were the two big things. What about the Delvers being AIs back in the day? Like that was, I thought that was also a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, it it made everything click because M-Bot's been feared since she found him. Like, mm-hmm. since I think Cobb right, first right. flew at bot. Yeah, you're always told, like, oh, don't do AIs. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a bad so thing. Fine, makes right. sense. And it makes sense why the Delvers hate mm-hmm. him. They're all at AIs. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, there, yeah, there are a couple of things that were kind of understood. And then I think 
we can use those uh, definitions to, to like move forward in the next sure because you have we're, a lot now we more. have some you're putting it together yeah we've got some foundations here so now we're going for the climax yeah yeah that's usually the way that the Sanderson books work and uh, they're, they're kind of clinical in that like he builds up different ideas and like okay this is how things are going to work and then you think that that's the case and then you're like wait a second like it actually works this way and then it all makes mm -hmm. sense actually because previously didn't quite make sense but now that we've switched things around now it does make sense and that's what happened with <laughs> yeah. the, the whole ai thing mm -hmm. yeah okay tell me your favorite moment from the book like was there one one big hmm. favorite moment um i mean i i liked the the big discovery of chet i mm -hmm. i think that was big and how she still trusted him and almost was like okay like this is kind of good I mean like yeah he tricked her but I mean if he hadn't she wouldn't have gone through the path mm -hmm. of the elders mm -hmm. okay so, so the whole the whole Chet payoff yeah because I mean she was scared of Chet at first and mm -hmm. she buried the icon and then right you know they had the big heart to heart yeah the whole time from the very beginning <laughs> when he first showed up She's like, this is weird. Yeah. This guy just shows up right away and he's so helpful. Well, and because he was supposedly Mbot's pilot. Mm -hmm. and, and now that made sense why. And mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just, it made it a lot. I mean, we trusted Chet after the, after they first got out of the pirates. But um, yeah, that made it make sense. Yeah. Of okay. Why? It was too coincidental. Yeah, honestly, up until the point where Chet was revealed to be a Delver, I was like, this guy is pointless and obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. But now it was just like now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. So it does it does pay off pretty mm -hmm. nicely. Yeah. And it makes sense why I wanted to stay. Mm -hmm. he wanted Spence to stay with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think my favorite part was the pirate champion duel. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because we finally that was like the moment when the action really got rolling yeah and Hesha was obviously back and that was like that was a good reveal the duel itself was kind of fun I like the I like the flying around in the That's ships true. and all that ingenuity there wasn't there was a there's a lot more like ship fighting in the previous two books yeah that's what I was mm -hmm. gonna say it's like that's more of what we're used to we're not more of mm -hmm. the like touchy-feely Spencer uh -huh. and exploring for forever right but seeing her in a cockpit again. okay i think that's our review of cytonic any any parting words you, mm -hmm. you feel like you got all, all the things you need to say first time on the podcast you, first time on the you podcast. got it all out yeah hopefully just excited to see what happens in the next book okay i mean we were kind of left on not cliffhangers but i mean even coming back to detritus it's like what happened to cobb why is jorgen the admiral why yeah. is Detritus orbiting another planet? And I think some of that is in the novellas. Oh, so maybe we so missed that. that. So we probably do. Okay. I, I'm assuming that most of that will be. But yeah, yeah, there were some things there. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a lot to figure out. Mm -hmm. And there's another novella that hasn't come out that's from Jordan's perspective. I don't know if that one's supposed to take place after Satanic or before. Maybe we should have done our research before <laughs> recording our review. Right. This is only a review of Cytonics, so you know, let us know in the comments yeah. um, what actually happened. Maybe answer those <laughs> questions, please. Yeah, but for sure, maybe we should have done before before the book. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that yeah, that's our review, um, Cytonic by Brandon Sanderson. 
Um, let's see, if you are, you know, trapped out in the nowhere somewhere, make sure you don't attract Delvers, watch out for, uh, you know, hold on to your memories, all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, see you later. Thanks for listening.